0: No, if you're sitting in your armchair, sinking in, listening to your favorite podcast, and the numbers five and zero come to mind, you might wonder why that is. That's because you've listened to 50, count them, 50 episodes of the first Issue Club podcast. There's not many things I've done 50
1: of. Sit-ups? No. Push-ups. Definitely not Mm -mm. (laughs) push-ups. Yeah.
0: 50 hot dogs? Never ate them. (laughs) wish in your dreams. (laughs) It's, uh, yeah, no big deal, 50. (laughs) (laughs) What are we going to talk about? Mike, I'm so
2: glad you asked. Today, we have Bone Parish out on Boom, we have Justice League Dark out on DC, and we have The New World out on
0: Image. Well, Budget King, one of the books you mentioned, Bone Parish, there exists a world where people <laughs> snort the bones of dead people to get high and kind of like live their fantasy life as those celebrities. What celebrity dead person would you snort? This is Budget King. I'm going to go first because this is, I
2: think, the obvious choice. I would choose Sting because I've heard that he can do a weird orgasm thing where he has sex for like days. And, uh, tantric? Yes. Right? That's the word that I want to do. So <laughs> can't I can't fault you there. Snort his. Uh, I wonder bone what kind juice. of
3: training you have to do for that.
2: I've heard it's Kegels.
3: <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. Really? Okay. That's it. Just and, the pelvic floor and uh, stopping your pee flow. Oh, why do that? It?
2: Sounds painful. I pee standing on one foot to increase my luck. <laughs> With what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, like d and D character.
3: Uh, still,
0: not what D and D are you playing? <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, like, my luck stat will go up. Yeah, I, I pee- if you're on one foot. If I'm on, okay. the more time that I've accumulated in life peeing on one foot, I increase my luck stat.
3: <laughs> Just overall,
2: mm-hmm. hey, you can't argue with that. Honestly,
1: <laughs> sound logic.
2: So, and that has nothing to do with me stopping my pee flow.
1: This is Greg Liktai, and I would collect all of the sweat from Richard Simmons and like drop it like acid. I feel like he's a really cheerful person and really energetic and I kind of want to spend a day like that, just super amped up, ready to help other people. Yeah,
2: you are the most, you're the person most like Richard Simmons in my life.
1: What? <laughs> I mean, thank you, but what?
2: I mean, you've never said a discouraging word to me.
1: To you, yes. About you, probably.
2: <laughs> a ton. Well, we don't uh.
3: know. Richard Simmons could be kind of catchy.
0: I do know, because of my life. elf on your shelf. Oh. I'm <laughs> um, Mike D, and I think I would choose mine um, based on the mere point that I want to be as woke as possible in my life. So, I would snort Eleanor Roosevelt because I want to know what it is like to be a strong woman. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that Hell funny? Yeah. It's yeah. not
1: funny. Thanks. I was thinking of something else. Thank you, Caitlin.
3: <laughs> you are welcome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my name is Caitlin Morosick, and I think in terms of whose life would be... The most radical to experience, just for sheer difference to my own, would probably be Mariah Carey. So I'm thinking mm. I would go for that. She literally gets carried around on her own stage. She doesn't walk anywhere. I just want to know how that feels to actually truly be that Wait, kind of she a commanding personality. She
2: doesn't shouldn't use her legs?
3: No, she has men that are shirtless that will come up and carry her to another part of the stage.
0: Yeah, snort her legs. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, are we yeah, sure completely immobile like, they aren't, and atrophied. They aren't used. <laughs> they, okay, I, she <laughs> can't even use them at this point because they've atrophied. Okay, so if it.
2: if Mariah Carey moves any location, she has people do it for her.
3: Like for eighty percent of her show, I think. W- I've watched videos that are like full, like two full minutes of her like like lip syncing something and then getting carried like horizontally, like they're just mm. picking her up and moving her to other parts of the stage.
0: Those are some dope people to snort, guys. (laughs) So, (laughs) I think we're ready for the 50th time to get this podcast started.
3: First up, we have Bone Parish from Boom Studios, Words and Art by Bun and Scharf. This one was a very, very interesting premise. The notion of escapism as a reason or appeal for drug use applied in the form of literally living someone else's life for a while by snorting the ash made from their bones. There's also a unique family kind of drug operation They aren't very connected. They're a little bit disconnected and they're struggling. They're having issues with mass production, with supply and demand, and it just kind of adds a unique complexity. Throughout the book, you get these hints that people might start to have really bad trips. There's this scene where there's a guy and he's probably on the porn star thing, I thought, because he's surrounded by these women. He's in bed and it's obviously going in a very sexy direction, but then you see the women's faces become skulls and they're like eating at his flesh and
2: ripping his intestines. Yes, God, so totally bad trip. Turns me on
3: <laughs> or great trip. I love it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> okay. One thing about this comic that's a little bit disconcerting: it starts as a, as a world that understands the premise of this as a drug, like it's fully just a crime syndicate drug thing and it we kind of just dip into the world of like snorting people's dead ashes is a thing which I think I don't know what do you think about that I guess
0: I lo- like Caitlin pointed out earlier I love the family dynamic of it we meet like a crime boss later who's trying to buy them out and they're like nah this is a family business just like classic mobster gangster stuff yes uh, you get the vibe that this family is certainly way in over their heads like they've been trying to make their way in the drug world for a while they've got this crazy smart like young relative who's concocting the drug I think
3: it's the daughter
0: it's th- yeah the daughter of yeah. like the crime boss yeah um, who doesn't look near old enough to be the mother of any of these people. No. <laughs> Until you see her uh abdomen.
3: Yeah, I think her body is drawn in a very real way, which is maybe the only time you would get a sense that she's older than she definitely like looks good.
2: Mm-hmm. But Great. like you you yeah.
3: do see that she but her body is aged as a body. She's
2: should. what we clinically call a MILF.
1: Clinically, God. <laughs> clinically. <laughs> Like a doctor would come into a room and be like, my God, that's a MILF. We've got a (laughs) MILF on our hands.
3: Diagnosis Medically
1: speaking, ma'am, you're a MILF.
3: Diagnosis MILF. That's another one.
1: Diagnosis (laughs) MILF.
0: (laughs) Let's talk about the dynamic with the father of the family, the patriarch. Mm -hmm. You go through this entire issue, and then by the end of it, you realize that the mother is actually snorting the bones of the father to bring him back so she can yeah. consult him on issues of the family matters and the drug business, but he's been dead for quite a while, and she's running out of... She's getting mm-hmm. high on her own supply. And First the, mistake of drugs. Yeah. Right, yes. <laughs> that through many the, a television. she's the only one that can see him, right? I think so. Right, if she's the only one doing the drugs, then she's the only one who can, like, mm-hmm. see him. And I don't know, this one thing that it seems like the rules for the drugs work differently for her. Yeah. Which... Was she's a little not confusing, as him. but I liked that. Like, kind or maybe of, she's been using for so long that it starts. to... She can control it mm-hmm, a little better. Maybe mm-hmm. it was a very. I enjoyed it for and the Am Night Shyamalan moment that Twist. it was. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, by the way, props to the illustrator for how they did this because you
2: cut to the end of the panel and you start to see a character you assumed was in the whole comic book slightly fade away into a tiny bit of purple dust and fading of the of the. Um, Copy of the The word bubble, the word bubble, yeah. And you turn the page, and then you kind of like go, Oh, he's not real, yeah. And like that's just so sleek in the design of of the comic. I thought, yeah.
3: Last but not least, I I wanted to talk about again another book that does a really fantastic job of putting POC characters just in the story, just making it not a thing, Mm -hmm. like, but act but like representation in non stereotypical ways.
2: And what's awesome about that, too, is, like, by the mom being looking Caucasian, she may have, I don't exactly know what she is, it makes the reader think about it without yes. making it be a thing. Yes. Um, because you're like, wait, they just called her son,
3: mm-hmm. her
2: son, and her son was black, and her daughter was black, so what? It, it just bakes race into this without it being about race, mm-hmm. which yes. is kind of beautiful. Yeah. All right, next book, Justice League Dark, by James Tinian the Fourth and Martinez Bueno. I, would, I just want to say real
0: quick that if you've ever had chocolate, um, I
1: have had chocolate.
0: Justice League is kind of like um, chocolate. If you've ever tried, um, <laughs> so a, Superman is like Hershey's, um, mm-hmm. and then they make like another version that's um, tastes a little more bitter. and It's dark chocolate. And you
1: have to be
2: grown up and mature to appreciate it. Yes, exactly it. Yeah. right, exactly right. Yeah. Yes, and it's
1: nice, kind of nice, nice. better for you mm-hmm. than regular yeah. chocolate. It, it keeps you going. Well, Perfect Segui.
0: Su- <laughs> yeah. You googly. That took
3: me so long. I was like, what?
0: <laughs> A great Segu. Did he <laughs> just, Budget what? King's part. <laughs> After the
2: DC universe has been eternally shaken up by the events of No Justice, Wonder Woman has seen some shit she cannot unsee. The world of magic and all that entails has gone belly up. Spells are turning people into exploded mangled blobs. For a visual reference, Google the movie Slither and you will have a good description of what's (laughs) happening to these people. Wonder Woman is so horrified, she's determined to put all her efforts into figuring this out and assembling or constantly pestering anybody she knows who understands anything about magic to help her out. That team, should they all agree to help, could consist of Zatanna, Swamp Thing, Detective Chimp, and Man Bat. Yep, a B-villain from the Batman series. This new magic rift fighting machine is going to operate out of none other than the basement of the Hall of Justice, a la Ghostbusters anybody, and promises to tackle a foe that is at least worth Zatanna training since she was a child to battle. This book is a B-horror movie packed into Justice League-sized adventure. For some, it is the meshing of both worlds. How dark was this for you? And was it dark enough to get the dark title?
1: I want to say right off the bat, uh,
0: that was a wonderful <laughs> intro to a book. <laughs> yeah. Budget King. I had uh, several points at which where I was like, oh, that brings up a thing I want to talk about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved this book. I I
1: totally did too. I did not think I, I, I was going <laughs> to like it, and this book fucking nailed it out of the park for me.
2: I was so happy because this is a book that I cannot wait for the next one to come out mm-hmm. uh, for DC. Right. Uh, this is
1: like Justice League when it doesn't take itself too seriously and like actually does fun
2: And what's so stuff. Be- beautiful about that, I have no fucking concept for what Wonder Woman went through in No Justice, and it, I don't care. It doesn't even
0: matter. We just get, oh, she saw some shit. Boom. She's, they do such a good job of not making it dependent upon other things. Yeah. They even there's right. tons of characters in here that have pre-existing storylines and it just doesn't matter if you even know who they are, or don't know who they are.
3: There's only one asterisk, which is a big deal.
1: Constantly.
0: And to For a DC like, book, yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, there's only one <laughs> yeah. asterisk to no justice and that's it.
1: You know the magician Asterisk? <laughs> <laughs> I think all of these characters that they introduced are like my favorite now. Like each one has its own personality and it it brings something different to the table. But I loved Man-Bat in this.
0: Oh, me too. Totally. I, the idea of bringing, like, all B-listers in to support Wonder Woman, you could argue that Zatanna and sure. uh, Swamp Thing maybe aren't B-listers, but they're certainly not your everyday, They're like, bottomless A. Totally. You, <laughs> like, they're, no one's calling them for, like, a Justice League adventure. Nah,
1: nope. I've heard other people describe Man-Bat in this as Mr. Hyde, Dr. Jekyll kind of thing. Yeah. He has a He has a serum he can take... So he's like kind of like a normal person with just like a regular bat head, which is great, funny, yeah, (laughs) in the first place. And then he has another serum that he can shoot himself with to turn into like crazy man bat that fights people and has wings and stuff.
3: I also liked how he's like. Trying to, he's like, guys, I'm trying to be good. Like this whole book, <laughs> yes. there's like a there's, picture of him like slunched over, yeah. like I'm trying, the, I'm good now. There's and a it's lot so of cute.
0: There's a lot of goofy character nuance that makes this book like so good. <laughs> and there's this, there's another scene that I love where there's this m- magical monkey character, Detective Chimp, Detective Chimp, Bobo, <laughs> Bobo, yeah. yeah, is that his name? Uh-huh. Uh huh. And Wonder Woman is like walking him around, like the Dark Justice League headquarters and he's like, oh shit, this is kind of a lot for just you and one other guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, I love that they like acknowledge it because yeah. there's always like these huge compounds mm-hmm. and these, these like superheroes have and it's just like, yeah, this is kind of like This problem like just came up, and you have like a fucking gothic castle. (laughs) Yeah, you have a whole layer set up. This is a bit much. Art installations.
1: (laughs) I like how Manbat walked into the 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 room with all the dead bodies, and he was like, "Who wants to see some horrifying bodies?"
0: (laughs) Like he was so happy to show them off.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's uh,
0: not bothered in the slightest. No, No. I thought it it was so good. It was good. So James Tinian, who wrote this book, Mm -hmm. is one of my favorite comic book authors right now, and he's like co-written a lot of DC books lately. I think they signed in an exclusive deal with him or something where mm-hmm. he can't work with Marvel or something like that. He's a great writer, and there's been a handful of things that I've been super stoked for that he's written for DC, and I've been a little maybe disappointed in some of those previously. But like I said, all of those were co-written by him. And now that I'm getting something that's like full-blown written by James Tinian, I was like, it's exactly what I want DC comic books to be. When when I saw what the DC event medal was supposed to be, um, like on paper there were a handful of things where I was like, this is going to be so fucking dope. It's going to be evil. It's mm-hmm. going to be rock and roll. It's going to be badass. And it was just so complex, convoluted, ridiculous. This is just the complete opposite.
2: So speaking of that, I love that Detective
1: Chimp Takes a shot at it and makes fun of. <laughs> yeah,
2: essentially makes fun of your, uh, DC. Your, metal. Yeah, he yeah.
1: made fun of the the bat who laughs, and he goes, "Isn't that the Batman with the Git mask?" <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's so good. And I thought that was super, super funny. Yeah. <laughs> what's
2: so beautiful about that too is that Wonder Woman is not that complex of a character to get into, like, all of her stories and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So she becomes complex by the team that she's assembling and those people's stories, which makes it super great. I'm not saying there isn't good Wonder Woman stories out there. There is fabulous ones. But, like, it's kind of, like, it's it's a hard... I, I believe that she's a really hard
0: character to write. That's a good point. She... I would say even in this book, like, kind of lacks a little depth. Like, her main trait is that she's trying to get people together she
3: recognizes what's at stake. That's the only thing yes. she brings to the table. And she
0: recognizes that she's uh doesn't have what it what she needs, the ability she requires to confront this problem. So, so she's seeking out other people that she needs, which maybe as like a member of like the world's strongest superhero team, it's a situation she doesn't find herself in very often. Yeah. So what's beautiful about that
2: whole concept is that Justice League Dark was somewhat originally used. To be the vessel to merge Vertigo and DC characters, and let some like uh, walls drift into each other, and Is that like, right? and dip into the worlds and take some of those characters. I
0: had no clue that this was a pre-existing thing.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. And in, in fact, um, Jeff Lemire uh, wrote. Oh no uh, shit. for it before. Yeah, um, Dead Man was previously in Justice League Dark. Oh, Co- we got a, a uh,
1: glimpse of him, and I s- I hope he comes back. <laughs> Me
2: too. Constantine, which we got a glimpse of. Mm-hmm. To put Wonder Woman at the center of this is kind of like a big statement to DC fans to be like, pay attention.
0: Well, and that's the funny thing. Well, this occurred to me initially when I first read the book where I was like, Swamp Thing has no place in like a magic discussion. But I guess this thing that's breeding the disturbance in the magic force is a tree. And that's how he entered into it. Yeah. He is but, I talking
3: mean, to it, isn't he? Yeah, he like, is. Like, isn't that kind of playing with fire?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Why
3: are you doing that?
0: Uh, just negotiating with this weird unknown force. But like James Tinian said, he's just like, Swamp Thing's cool. Yeah. I incorporated him into the story. <laughs> oh. That's fucking awesome. I love that. Speaking love of that. S- uh, cool Swamp Thing, they gave him
1: dreadlocks. <laughs> like, he has vines on his head that look like dreadlocks yes. and, like on the cover and stuff. And I... Guess that's okay. <laughs> it's I it's guess cool or that's whatever. Okay. <laughs> I mean, as long as he doesn't have like Jinko jeans pants or whatever, but
2: yeah. Uh, maybe he, well, he's white when he's not Swamp
0: Thing.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, what is Swamp Thing? Like, is he like the Hulk? Like, he can just like transform into. Yeah. Does he,
0: does he swamp up? So,
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: no. That's a good Somebody point. Is swamp
2: <laughs> Somebody <laughs> says swamp thing. Somebody turns into swamp thing. Uh, so it's it's a mantle of inheriting. You're essentially the harbinger, the ambassador of the green,
1: which is like plant life. Right? Yes, yeah,
2: all plant life. The essence of plant life. And so when you are swamp thing, yeah. So he is
0: just that. I don't. Th- he can't go like human anymore. I'm showing these two panels to Caitlin right now, where Zatanna is cleverly placed in <laughs> front of. S- Swamp thing where he's got these ripped pecs, yeah, and these beautiful abs, and just like the shape and contour of his abs (laughs) make a beautiful river that runs to it.
3: Which is cleverly
0: his swamp dick that is swinging between those legs, his essence perfectly flicked buttocks.
3: You're not going to see him swing in this.
0: Oh, he's like a ripped piece of moss, (laughs) that guy. Nice trunk.
1: It's drunk. Oh, we also learned that Detective Chimp is immortal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Must> <laughs> which be is nice. Yeah. <laughs> What's that like? You don't go to bed crying?
0: Cool. Cool, cool, cool,
2: cool, cool. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. Beans.
0: Uh being immortal would be awesome. I thought
3: you were gonna be like, it's okay. <laughs> Such...
0: <laughs> Can you imagine like we've done fifty episodes and if I have to Wake up every week for the rest of my eternity <laughs> <laughs> and celebrate the hundred thousandth episode of this shit. <laughs>
1: Is it kind of <laughs> like, like tantric goddamn. sex for three days? It
0: sounds good in your head, and you're just like, <laughs> right. ah, you're just I don't like, want to do that. I would give anything to not have a boner right now. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah, sometimes it's just sex of the mind. He's talking about mind sex. We ain't got to take our clothes off yet. We could burn an incense and just chat, relax, have a good conversation. I want to say this too. DC is doing this
2: beautiful thing where they're giving, they're selling um, virgin covers for the same price as the regular cover. Mm -hmm. And this virgin cover of this comic book is beautiful.
0: I wish I would have gotten that one. It's so good.
3: It is. It is really not good. the
0: normal cover is gorgeous too, but that one looks really nice. So and good they had job, a black DC. and
3: white one too, didn't they? That
0: one stock- might be more money. Okay. No, it's not. I don't
2: know why I said that. All of DC variants are not more money. They're like trying to fuck with Marvel.
0: Uh, rightly, they should. Mm-hmm. Honestly, mm-hmm. so uh, I love that so much. Mm-hmm. There's pro- variant covers. And the idea that retailers should be able to sell any of those things for, like, more than $10 for a single comic book just completely defeats the purpose of, like, what's awesome about these books, why people should be buying them in the first place. That Maybe that's an unpopular opinion in comic books. I think there's a lot of people who are stoked on variants. But, like, if there's a cover that speaks to me and they're all the same price— Like, fuck yeah. Yeah. Make them, make the same number of all of them. I go to the shop and I've got a choice of like what I can flip through in my box that I'm going to see in years and people can kind of see, like, oh, cool, you like, you know, Mm -hmm. these sorts of, I'm a fan of this sort of artist and I like, I didn't know that before. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Last, but certainly not least, we've got The New World out on Image comic books. This was written by Alice Cott and Trad Moore. Before we get into this book, I want to say that these are two of the coolest motherfuckers making comic books right now. Alice Cott is the most fucking punk rock guy (laughs) that I think is making comics. And then Trad Moore is an amazing, amazing illustrator. He just has a certain way of showing motion in his illustration it's all hand drawn and like hand inked, which is just incredible. He has such clean, thin lines, beautifully impressive. And then, like I said, Alice Scott, super punk rock. Um, so, this one's called The New World. What happens is in it is that it poses the situation of like a future America. Um, there's been a couple civil wars in the States, the US has segmented into several different divisions the most prosperous of which is New California. So you've got this, like, hyper-California that's just, like, beautiful, colorful, palm trees, reality TV, all this stuff just, like, super in-your-face. Ultimately, there's two characters of interest here that star the show. One is a uh, hacker who is vegan and straight edge and an anarchist. Opposite to him is our other lead who is uh, the daughter or granddaughter, I think, of the president of New California. She is a police, police officer, which... (laughs) (laughs) She is a police. (laughs) She's a police. Well, of
3: sorts. (laughs) They are different. They're not really officers. They're... They're reality TV stars. Well,
0: everything seems like it's kind of been, like, transitioned into entertainment in this, like, world, right? Like, that's why I love that it's, like, the new California is that it's just, like, hyper L.A. It's just, like, the L.A. is shit on earth. Like, everything, like we said, is, like, really vibrant, really televised, really in-your-face, hyper-controlled. And so law enforcement is now, like, sport for people, right? You watch these uh, super popular megastars who are policemen and women... And they track down these bad guys, arrest them on TV. And there's one of the, I think, most crucial things about this book is there's a voting system once they catch these perpetrators that lets the population of New California be, like, the judge, jury, and executioner. You see, like, a live on screen American Idol-style voting system where you can say, do you kill this person or do you let them live? Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming they live out their sentence in a, in a jail or something. Right.
3: Or stand trial, I think.
0: Stand okay, yeah. they stands trial post being being captured. Ultimately, I think that the uh, most interesting thing about the book, and you guys will probably agree, is that these two main characters fuck in a club. Yeah, <laughs> 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 and, yeah. and then the next day, our uh, all star cop uh, finds out that her next kill is this guy that she slept with because
3: right. because Be- of her tryst with him. Yeah. Before before we get too much into unpacking everything, sure, there's, um, and
0: there's a lot to unpack. <laughs>
3: yes, I wanted to mention the colors. So it's Heather Moore. Are they married? Or I don't know related? if it's his
0: wife or not.
3: To okay. be honest, well, I thought she like honestly the color use in this book kind of took over for me. I really love the illustration style, but I don't think it would be what it is if it weren't colored the way that it is. Yeah, it's
0: beautiful. It there's takes like,
3: over the feel the storytelling the vibrance of it the world building
0: contrasting Loved it. neons yes there's like stark stark whites which really like pop off the page that are done in like a lot of like monotone solids and then really clever use of gradients within that we're getting into really nerdy yeah. like design stuff <laughs> but honestly but, when you're looking oh at it you God. know
3: you know you're looking at art
0: the relationship of the hacker with his father And him being straight edge and his dad being a vet who's an alcoholic is great. And then he's so
3: good natured, though, for being an alcoholic. He's such a sweet guy. I'm like, I love
0: this guy. (laughs) And he's totally like, I think we identify a lot with this vet character because, like, imagine if America went into civil war today and (laughs) imagine we, like, us four were like, (laughs) are like the age of the. (laughs) (laughs) Well put, Greg. (laughs) 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 Poignant. Just got to stop and say poignant. Yes. You Uh, could just read Days of Hate. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, totally. Yeah.
3: It's like the prelude. So
0: another Alice Cop book. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, But you know, uh, people around our age would be the person who end up being his father. In this comic book, so it's cool to have a character that, like, we identify with and we're kind of, like, like him. Right. And he's just like, ah, my son's this, like, vegan, (laughs) uh, straight-edge guy.
3: (laughs) He says it in such a jovial way. My son, the atheist. Oh, yeah.
0: I'm a progressive (laughs) dad. You can have a boyfriend. I wouldn't care. Just
3: bring someone home.
0: How much do you love a policewoman and her relationship with her, like, robot Housekeeper. Oh, so good! I love that you get this perspective of this character, a hardened cop superstar, but then you see how in touch with reality that she is. That she's just like a college kid, has like a disgusting apartment, yeah, likes likes to party and have fun, thinks like her cat's like the most hilarious, yeah. cute thing, mm. cutest sleep thing ever. On her head. Yeah, right. She's like, <laughs> I'm in heaven. My awesome. kittens on I, my head. Yeah,
2: I actually thought of it more like she had the juice up. All of the other aspects of her life, like addiction, party, sex, uh like cleanliness, to like counteract how regimented and like on the ball she was as a police officer. You know, like kinda- I don't
3: think they're mutually exclusive.
2: Right. I uh, she's okay. definitely depressed. Okay.
3: She's being controlled. And like some of that is rebellious, but I think it's because she is in that stage of youth where it's like
0: Well, and I don't think she realizes that she can make her own decisions. No. Because it seems like she's been put in this place, being the well, daughter of the president.
3: Yes, but she is making a very huge decision every time the public votes for her to kill someone. Right, you're right. By saying, That's true. no, and everyone who voted mm-hmm. for me to kill this person, look at your life. Yeah. Look oh, at your I choices. Love, yeah,
0: there's this great scene, and she takes off her helmet, which has the camera on it, and she faces it towards herself, and it's just like, reevaluate. Your whole situation—if you wanted me to just blindly murder somebody on live TV—yes, which is like great. That which these- is,
3: sorry, it's something I—I I loved this book, and I'm getting very amped about it. I'm trying not to cut anybody <laughs> off, but the 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 way they show the different parts of the of New Californian, what their percentages are too, yeah, was so brilliant. And you just need one small panel to do that, but you get people thinking about systemic forces again, being like people in Beverly Hills are yeah. mostly. Even if they want people to live or die. People in South Central are like, let him live. Like, he needs a trial. It's so brilliant.
2: And I think that's what I like about this comic is there's so many different entry points. Like, if you want weird kind of Romeo-Juliet romance, star-crossed lovers, you could have that. Mm -hmm. If you want cyberpunk, you could have that. If you have, like, I think it's a little bit post-apocalyptic because there was a big, like, nuke warfare
1: thing. Yeah, in the beginning of the book... But no one takes responsibility for it, so that may be explored in later issues. But
3: But yeah, you do have a giant portion of the United, what was the United States as no man's land right now. You get a
1: map. You get a map in the beginning. That means it was thought out.
0: Oh, I forgot. (laughs) That's your thing. The best value of the week. You heard it here (laughs) first, folks. (laughs) This comic book is $4.99, and it is almost a graphic novel. It is Mm -hmm. huge. This thing is massive. Not to mention you get a bonus comic book at the end. Yes. There's a whole other, like, short story, which is so good. We didn't get that
1: one. Yeah, we re- reread it online, and it wasn't included. Yeah. So oh, we'll have no. to buy it. <laughs> yeah, As if we weren't
0: going to well, anyway. <laughs> and it, and it, one, it tells you something about how cool these um, creators are, because they gave a chance to people who'd never published a comic book before, and they took their first issue, this moment that's supposed to be like, look at me, I'm releasing and publishing my new thing, and I'm taking a stand. And they used it to, they spent a pretty solid amount of pages giving creators who'd never published uh, comic books before their own venue to uh, tell their story. And they told a great fucking story, and it is also beautiful, magnificently cover- colored, uh, wonderfully illustrated. I loved, loved this book. All that great stuff. I'm more excited for issue two than I've been for a second issue in a long time. Yep. Agreed. I can't think of a better way to end episode 50. Uh, a favor. <laughs> the new hill, if you will. <laughs> We've reached it. We've peaked it. We're just <laughs> coasting from here on out, baby. Rolling on down that hill the most comfortable way one can. Well, ladies and gentlemen. This has been First Issue Club. We are edited and produced by the uh, beautiful, bodacious books, Matthew Hodap. Our music is from Primary Colors Music. And (laughs) one thing that I don't want to forget to mention on our 50th goddamn episode is that we are part of the Fountain City Frequency family of podcasts and... At this landmark moment, being part of a family is something that means more to me than I could ever tell you. Oh God! <laughs> can you guys just take a moment to tell our fans how much you appreciate them when you say goodbye today.
2: Okay. Okay. Do it. I can do that. That was like Thank so you. beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> This is Budget King, and see ya. Oh, fuck. <laughs> uh,
1: this is Greg Liktai. I will thank you for listening and supporting us. I have really enjoyed meeting and getting to know most of you on social media. I love interacting with you guys. Um, you guys have kind of influenced some of the stuff that we do on the show, so if you have any more ideas or things that you want to hear or not hear, please let us know on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If you want to email, you can email us, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but why I would mean, you
3: dis a form of communication?
0: Because emails are lame. Only Says squares the one who doesn't monitor it. <laughs> but, it's oh, true. Overall, Greg, I think beautiful way to do your sign up on the fiftieth um, episode. This um, important episode. Thank uh, you. Budget Budget King. Did you want to redo yours? <laughs> I did actually. Thank <laughs> you so much for giving me that option. Opportunity. That. Yeah. All right. Yeah, okay.
2: Uh, I, too, am thankful. We thank our audience a lot, um, but we would not be here without uh, other listeners, or else we would just be screaming into the void. Um, which, which we probably would yeah, still be doing. Yeah, we might be doing anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, we love comics and for 50 episodes we have had the pleasure of uh, oozing out that love um, in audio form. And I hope to do 50 times 50 more because this is uh, a fucking great time. But thank you so much for listening and being part of it.
3: Was that? Did you
0: like it? I That was beautiful. <laughs> thank you. That's kind of what I wanted. I'm sorry. <laughs> so yeah. no, I'm just glad. See,
2: see, it was like a callback to the early listeners if you didn't catch that one it was for
3: the ride or die oh, yeah. so you give them both
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> my name is Caitlin Morosic thank y'all so much and now I'll show myself out uh, oh.
0: and I've been Michael DeStacy um, I have this Instagram for First Issue Club which is more important to me than this podcast itself <laughs> uh, follow that it's wrong God. um <laughs> Can't wait to break off a hundo.
1: Yeah. In
0: 50 four so weeks. Yeah. We'll see you there. Bye!